What's up, everybody? Welcome to Words of Wisdom Podcast, where we're wowed with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Breanne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring words, voice, language, and freedom to your world. It's Wednesday, so let's wise up and talk about communication. Now, look, guys, this is one of my favorite topics, okay? Like, I live my life by the premise of communication. I have spent five years of my education studying the different theories, frameworks, philosophies, you know, ins and outs of communication. I truly believe that I am called to communicate the gospel good news uh, to the world. You know, I love communication. You say, well, Jennifer, like, why do you love communication? And what are some things that, you know, you get excited about communication. Well, the thing I get excited about communication in totality is a is a study paradigm because I, it's so integral. First of all, everybody thinks they know how to communicate. Like everybody thinks that they are clear communicators. They're great communicators. Studies show that people really don't believe that they're bad communicators. And I think that is the most hilarious thing ever um, because it is one of the most integral parts of every single thing that we do. And also with all the technological advances, there are so many avenues for us to communicate in multimodal and faceted ways. And people don't understand how that impacts the relation and the exchange of the message. So, you know, from receiver to message to sender, that's a very basic paradigm of communication, right? Like super basic, um, because now communication is large, is vast, is complex. But you say, okay, Jennifer, like, but why are we wising up on this Wednesday and talking about communication? We're wising up and talking about communication for a couple of different reasons, okay? Like there is a few <laughs> a few key things other than my love of communication, a few key things that we need to talk about so that you have wisdom behind this matter, okay? The Bible says that I mean, all you're getting, getting understanding and that wisdom is the principle thing. So we want to get some wisdom behind this because it impacts so much of our life, whether verbally or non-verbally, like you are going to communicate. In fact, um, I need to update this this statistic because I don't know how accurate, you know, where the uh, percentages lie. But I do recall in undergrad, um, we read a statistic that communication is 93% nonverbal and it's 7% of what you actually say. Now think about those people that you know that talk a lot. And think about how much how much more they're saying with their body language. Nonverbal communication is a type of communication that um, you use. I, I believe it's it's what I have deemed the communication of expression. Your tone, your mode. Um, I'm sorry, your tone, the mode of communication, your mood. For instance, a message that comes through as a text message would relay differently if it came through an email, which would relay differently if it came through a social messaging app, which would come through differently if you were interpersonally face-to-face, which would come differently. Again, you could take the same message, right, and put it through all these different mediums, and it would come through totally different through through the eyes of the receiver, right? So again, communication is, oh my gosh, I am a champion for communication. I love communication because people think it's so unimportant and it, they treat it so lightly and so lately, but it's so powerful, right? So that's the wisdom that I want us to get behind communication. First of all, let's talk about communication with yourself. Um, theorists um, talk, call this self-talk, okay? So self-talk is the talk that you give to yourself, whether verbally out loud or the voice that's in your head, right? Like the voice that's in your head that when you are thinking in your mind, like that's considered self-talk. Self-talk can be positive or negative, okay? It can be healthy or unhealthy, all right? Um, a lot of us don't recognize our self-talk 
um, and we don't recognize the things that we're saying about ourselves because we're not recognizing also what we're believing about ourselves. And the wisdom behind this is in this is that um, we need to be mindful and aware of how we're communicating with ourselves. I believe how we communicate with others is a reflection of how we deal with ourselves. Sometimes, you know, we give ourselves grace and slack and, you know, well, it's just me. It's just who I am. Not really trying to even check the person um, or check the situation or our communication methods. You know, but again, that's that goes into a belief system. And I believe that belief system about how you deal and interact with other people is how you will interact with people. Um, but the communication aspect of that says that this is how I'm choosing to relay the messages and how I'm trying to connect. The bottom line of communication, I believe, is connection and relationships. The only time you are communicating normally is for those two premises. And I believe everything that we say can come back to those two things, connection and relationships. So think about it. Whether you are communicating through the drive-through, what your order is, you are communicating that you need a connection made. You 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 need a message to go to the person who's taking your order to send that message to the cook so that they can, you know, draft, like create your order, get it the way that you want it so that you can get an outcome. That's the connection. And then I also believe that we communicate through various levels of relationship. For instance, if you are a phone teller and somebody calls you and says, hey, my bill wasn't right or, you know, um, this isn't correct, then you are building a relationship because you are trying to get an outcome out of that relationship. And I believe I truly believe that not all communication is outcome based. For instance, sometimes, you know, you just want to vent. And, you know, you always have those people that, you know, sometimes you feel like they're just talking to hear themselves talk like there's no there's no ending to this. There's no sum. There's no resolve. They're just kind of talking. So our communication is not necessarily, you know, um, outcome based. I think sometimes that, you know, very type A people who are very busy and, and that they want, you know, this to mean something or have a purpose. Otherwise, they kind of feel like they're wasting their time. But. I don't believe that all communication is outcome based. And I I believe that, um, you know, we can also see this represented in children. You know, when children are interacting with us or they're telling us a story or they're even before they are able to form like solid words and and pure uh, sentences, you know, sentence structures, you know, they will share things with us, whether in Babel or but that is a form of communication. They are trying, you know, to get those sounds together and get, you know, all of the word structures together and they're learning. And so that's a very important communication. Um, Again, so we talked about, you know, how vast communication is, but the wisdom in this is that first of all, we're challenging the self-talk. We are challenging that thing that's on the inside of you, how you talk to you. You have to communicate with yourself in a healthy way. There is no way that you can have healthy, thriving, functioning relationships if you don't talk to you well. If you don't talk to you well, if you don't believe the best about you, how on God's green, beautiful earth do you think that other people will respond to you in such a way? In fact, I have struggled with this. Um, If you don't talk to you well, when people try to talk to you well, when people try to build you up, when they try to uplift you, when they try to encourage you, when they try to communicate to you your worth and your value, you will tear it down. Have you ever seen that girl that no matter how many compliments you give her, no matter how much you build her up, no matter how many times you tell her how pretty she is and how amazing she is, that she always combats it immediately with tearing it down? So, for instance, it'll be like, oh, my gosh, your hair is so pretty. And it's like, girl, this stuff is a mess. 
It's like you won't even allow the compliment of the communication to rest on you. Like I'm trying to transfer this value and wealth to you in word form, but you don't even have a system on the inside of you to receive it because you don't talk to you well. So because that's not how you hear you, you can't hear me. Yes, communication is so vital because the same way there's a sender of the message, there has to be a recipient of the message. And sometimes your self-talk does not allow you to receive good because you are not good to you. So the first, uh, I guess, piece of wisdom, wisdom nugget that we're talking about here is you have to speak well to you. You have to be good to you, even on the days. And y'all, I hate this statement. I promise I hate this statement. I am I am working on understanding it. I'm thinking about doing an empirical study behind it. But this whole like African-American community statement of get it together or uh, ooh, such a mess or I'm a mess and something else. Those statements, y'all, they drive me up the wall around the corner to Pluto and back. I cannot stand them. And I am just like, I, I've, I was raised in that. Oh, Chad, I got to get it together. I got to get myself together. You do not have to get yourself together. There is no pressure, no expectation. There is nothing in you that's not together. Because if that's the case, we void, we void the promise of the cross. If that's the case, then what God did on the cross, if we have to get ourselves together, then why did he have to go to the cross? You know, and, I, and I've, I've listened to black women, particularly, yes, I'm picking on black women. I'm a black woman. So if you're not in this category, just let me talk to us right right quick. I hear us say this the most. I've never heard any other culture say this statement. And I think the thing that drives me the most about it is that normally when people make this statement, they are referencing some lack or some, you know, physical characteristic about themselves that they don't feel is is right. So, you know, when I say, Chad, I got to get this hair together, I got to get myself together. Like, what is wrong? What is not together? And then you also place this like this indistinct like finish line or arrival point of what together is and then you put pressure on yourself to be at this point at all times I remember very vividly and very specifically when I was in high school the enemy told me this lie that I had to get myself together that I had to walk upright. I was an athlete in high school just a little background of athlete in high school I was a basketball player and so especially in the spring seasons when we were in season, you know, it would be nothing for me to show up to school in my sweats because we're traveling that day or we got practice or a game or whatever. So just being comfortable was the main goal. But, you know, it would be nothing for the enemy to tell me, like, you need to get it together. This is not, like, what does that mean? Like, y'all, I really want to do a qualitative study. I just want to get a room full of black women to be like, please explain this to me. Because we have detrimented our culture and our worth and our value by saying that we have to get something together. And we also put the pressure on us. I don't believe that it is my job to get me together. And I don't believe that we also should treat this statement lightly. Like, you know, if you are talking about your hair or your makeup or you want to feel together, whatever that means, um, then fine. But why can't we just say what we really mean? Why do we have to put this blanket generalizing statement that speaks to the whole of ourself? And that's the part that bothers me because it speaks to all of us. It does not speak to a specific area. You may say like, you know, something wrong with my eyebrows. That's a very small part. But to speak to your entire existence and call it not worthy and call it not together, whatever that means, y'all, okay. Clearly, I am passionate about this and I do not want to continue going on and on and on and on and on. But my point being is that check your language, right? The Bible says that 
that life and death is in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So you're eating the fruits of not getting, of not being together, not feeling like you're together. And you keep pushing that finish line or that arrival point further out. The more you speak that you have to get it together. Amen. All right, cool. So I'm gonna leave that there. But in lieu of that scripture, self-talk is so amazing because, again, if you're feeding yourself life, that's what you're going to reap. If you're feeding yourself death, that's what you're going to reap. Well, what is what does life sound like and what does death sound like in self-talk? Glad you asked. Life, life sounds like, you know, I don't feel my best, but um, I'm still a, I'm still a child of God. Okay, I don't feel like I look the prettiest right now, but like I'm still very beautiful. Like I may not be happy right now, but I have the joy of the Lord. That's my strength. Negative self-talk. Oh, I got to get myself together. Oh, oh, I don't like my hair today. I guess I'm just ugly. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, how did you jump from like a bad hairstyle or a bad moment to like a whole life, you know, proclamation? Like we have to be mindful of our words. Okay. So again, moving on from the self-talk communication to our exchanges with other people. Now, there are a lot of ways to talk to people. I feel like, you know, we have more ways now to communicate through different modes and mediums, as I mentioned earlier. And I think that the the beauty in this is that we can choose forms of communication that work best for us. For instance, in the corporate setting, typically email is pretty standard. You know, you won't send personal or work related or I'm sorry, not personal, but work related business communications through a personal social media messaging app, you know, unless you have a relationship with that person, you know, um, or for instance, you won't use, you know, social messaging apps. And when I say social messaging apps, there are a host of apps that allow you to message through the app. Um, so for instance, uh, Facebook has its own messenger app and Instagram has its, its own direct message uh, section. And there's some apps that are specifically, um, designed just to allow you to text. So like, if you don't have a phone, um, I'm giving you some free information right now. If you don't have a phone or your phone is off, um, you can still download these different, uh, messaging apps on your phone. If you don't have service rather, or on your computer, if you don't have a phone, um, to connect and talk to other people for free. So again, those probably wouldn't be the apps that you use to message your boss to request time off. Okay. That probably wouldn't be, you know, the area by which you uh, share top confidential information. That's not going to be the area that your doctor calls you back with a report, you know, on your health. You know, that that's not the way that those things will be communicated. We, we still have the phone. Um, where you can call people and talk to them. There's always interpersonal communication, which is my favorite. Um, <laughs> I love interpersonal communication because I love being one-to-one. I love being one-to-one or one or few. I think that's like my strongest point. Um, and I think you should know your strongest point. You know, if you are better with the typed word, if you're better with the spoken word, if you're better, you know, um, with the short form words, or that's like texting. Um, or if you consider yourself not somebody who, you know, doesn't want to talk at all, like, or doesn't like communicating at all. I think that needs to be assessed. I think you need to dig deep into you and figure out, well, like, why don't you like talking? A lot of I, people, I hear people say a lot, like, they're like, oh, I don't like talking to people. Like, I don't like people like that. Like, okay, well, the real truth is not that you don't like talking. The real truth is that you believe that you don't like people. And there's a reason in even deeper and more real truth as to why you feel as though you don't like people. I don't believe that we are designed not to like people. Now, I have a friend. <laughs> she is studying to get her, um, uh, forgive me for getting it incorrect, but all I know is that it's her veterinarian doctor. So she's going to be a MD veterinary something. Okay. So, um, 
she often says that she likes animals more than she likes humans. And I do believe that there are people who have propensities towards animals um, or other things as, as to other people and other human relationships. But even with her and even with some of the other people that I've spoken with, I believe that that's, that's rooted in a hurt, that's rooted in a disappointment and some other negative things that once you really deal with the issues that are down on the inside of you, you'll recognize you really don't have that problem, right? So again, that's something for you to self-explore. But going back to communication. So the reason why we need to be aware of our best form or our favorite form or our most used form of communication because it'll shape the way we view communication. It'll shape the way we approach communication. And it'll also shape the way that we communicate. You know, if you send emails all day long or if you work um, for a chat service that has helping that helps people online troubleshoot their issues. So you're chatting all day, that short form text trying to, you know, understand, you know, problems people are like that shapes your communication. If you talk all day long, like if you're a lecturer, an instructor, if you're a teacher, um, maybe even if you're a nurse, if you're talking all day long, if you're moving all day long, that shapes the way you communicate. Right. Because it's, it's a form in which you're used to accustomed to communicating. So I think the wisdom behind this is that as you know yourself more, you will know your biases. You will know that, you know, perhaps this conversation doesn't need to be had over email. We need to sit down together and talk about this. And that will change some of the outcomes, some of the relational outcomes and some of the connection outcomes that I mentioned that you have. Knowing more about your personal form of communication, what you prefer and how you prefer to maneuver through that, who you're talking to, you know, because I also believe that we need to be more, what is the word? I also believe we need to be more specific and we need to cater our word choices based on who we're talking to. Um, and this is just an example. Um, my niece Bailey, I can say something to her in a, in a more direct and straightforward way than I can my other niece. Um, just because she doesn't receive it well that way. I kind of have to break it down a little more, right? So knowing those things, knowing that these are the people that I talk to the most. I went through my phone and I was like, well, how many people do I actually talk to in a day? And like, who are the people that I talk to the most interpersonally and uh, professionally? Like who are the people that I communicate with? Who are the people that I do the most work with? And that will also influence your form of communication. For instance, if you know, I have an advisor, I, I'm, if you don't know, I'm in doctoral school, I study instructional design. Okay have an advisor and her favorite form of communication is via email or web conference that has shaped my form of communication because I have to bend to the wheel of her desires and her preferences. So now I find myself jumping on a web call or jumping on a video conference quickly and asking instead of going to the event, like, can I zoom in? That way I can, you know, be virtually present, but still be doing my own thing. I, I recognize that I favor that form of communication because I'm accustomed to it. And I think that the more you learn who you are communicatively, the more and the greater understanding that you will have about your relationships, about your outcome based communication and also concerning like your life, your your personal life, like your social interpersonal relationships. Um, so if you're having any problems in those areas with other people, um, other systems, sometimes we have to communicate with systems. And this is what I mean. Sometimes we have to um, go through an automated system or like we have to go through the, you know, 
if this is your issue, press one. If this is your issue, press two. Like we have to go through those systems of communicating to resolve our issue or to uh, define our needs so that we can be handled in the proper way. And sometimes like we don't like those systems Uh, and it might be a preference. I know personally, I don't want to talk to a machine or automation. Like I want to talk to a person and I want to get a confirmation, you know, but again, sometimes that has to do with our preference of communication. Some people may like only dealing with the automated system because they know the steps is, is rote. They don't have to, you know, deal with human interaction. So, again, it goes back to preference. The wisdom in this, the wisdom in the communication pr- principle is that you have to be mindful of the exchange. Whether you are communicating relationally, you're communicating to connect. You're communicating to get an outcome. You're communicating just because. And when I say just because, I use that very loosely just to kind of like as a conglomerate of the whole venting, releasing, um, thought sharing, thinking out loud, brainstorming, that kind of all of those types of communication kind of go into the just because. Because there may be an outcome. There may not be an outcome. You know, so again, that that kind of goes into that. But when you're thinking about all of these forms of communication, you have to be mindful that you are a part of the system of communication and that you hold a responsibility in adequate and clear communication. Again, a lot of people don't recognize that they have something to do with communication. And I think it's important that you recognize who you are in the communication exchange. So um, I got in trouble, quote unquote, in trouble for <laughs> giving you guys homework last week. But I hope it helps you. And if you don't know what the homework was, go listen to last week's podcast. But um, I will not give you homework this week. But I do want to challenge you to think. I do want you to challenge yourself. Assess your communication um, tendencies, right? How do you respond when you're angry? What are the words that you use or don't use? Because some people shut down. Some people get silent. Some people walk away. Some people drive off. Um, there are different ways of communicating. Again, remember, we talked about that that 93% of nonverbal. And that's honestly what you should pay a lot more attention to. Because I believe that, like, not I personally believe, this is my personal philosophy. There's, there's no literature as of yet that I know of that backs this up. But I believe that our nonverbal communication is an expression of our true emotion, right? So I remember as a little girl, when I got an attitude, it wasn't the fact that I was looking my mama in her face while she was talking to me. It was the eye roll. It was the stomping away. You know, it was the hands clapped together. It was the ta- it was a stomping up my foot. You know, it is the relaxing my shoulders when I hear that I got an A on my stats test. Like that nonverbal communication, I believe, is an expression of our true emotion. So if you begin analyzing your nonverbal and your verbal communication, I think you have a really good idea of not only who you are and how you communicate, but also how other people perceive you. So you might want to, you know, have this conversation with yourself, check your self-talk, and then have a conversation with people who talk to you the most. Go through your call log, go through your text message, go through your messaging apps, figure out, you know, who do I actually talk to a lot? And then allow them to speak to you concerning your communication. Allow them to tell you what they do and don't like, what they notice, you know, what they've observed or how they deal with you based on how you, you know, send and receive your messages in the communication exchange. And I guarantee you, you'll learn something about yourself. You may find like, OK, I have a belief system that I need to change. I don't need to talk to people like this or I didn't realize that I sound like this to other people. I, I, I didn't realize that my words register with people in their minds and their hearts this way. And I believe that in that in just deciding to be better and committing to be excellent and committing to communicate well, 
that you will thrive. And not only will you thrive, but your relationships and your communicable, communicable exchanges will express themselves in a way to you that you need because you take an action to change that. So I hope that you got something out of today. Um, go check out my website. Go check out, follow me on all of my social media. I'll be sure to put that in the uh, description box um, behind or below where whatever platform you're using this. Um, I'll be sure to include all of that in the description box. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week. So until guys, until then, guys, make sure that you are focusing on your communication. I love you all. Peace, love, and hair grease.